family, and welcome to another episode of Normal with Autism. We are walking with faith on this side of the spectrum. Please join us at the kitchen table for some joy. It's so much fun. Everyone just hung up. Just... <laughs> I'm Tara. Goodbye. I'm Sarah. <laughs> okay. We can be all done music. <laughs> I'm just, I was, I was thinking of like, I don't know, lyrics. Lyrics would be good there. Mm-hmm. We should find someone that's good at that to make that happen for <clears throat> us. You mean like a couple people that sing? Yeah. Like their names are Jen? <laughs> yeah. Like Jen. Do you listen to um, Love It or Leave It? Uh, all the time. I love, um, he has like people, like different people write a song for him every yeah, week. Yeah. And I love yeah. that. I know. I want to steal all his ideas. Okay. Well, He's really funny. I wish I was as funny as him. You are funny. I have a crush on Tommy. Tommy Vitor. Yeah. Don't tell him. Do you think he listens to this? Tommy, if you're listening, I love you. No, I don't think. Oh, all right. I don't think he does. He's too busy, like, interviewing the president. <laughs> the God. Like, being friends with him. I know. And being friends with a former president. What's up? Bull. Yeah. All right. Do you want to talk about presidential stuff? I don't know. Do you want to? Or should we save that for our next episode? Well, first I want to say, please come follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Please rate, review, and subscribe. That's how you can support our work for free. Um, check out our website, normalwithautism.com. And then if you wouldn't mind, you can go there and donate to support our work. Give us a dollar bill or two. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then that's, I mean, that's it. This Do you know what bothers me? Hmm. The fact that bills, these are the things that I think about at 3 a.m., that bills are called dead presidents, but Alexander Hamilton was never a president, and Benjamin Franklin was never a president. That's true. That's very true. That's what I think of. So just a disclaimer, you might hear my very loud 17-year-old in the basement playing video games you might hear a dog or two this is just life at the kitchen table Mm -hmm. because we don't have a fancy schmancy recording studio right now so yeah this is just our world well guess what you can still change lives and piss people off (laughs) with low production value (laughs) yes that's very that's very true. Although our production value has increased significantly. I would say that is correct. Because yeah. we are microphoned properly. We mm-hmm. are headphoned properly. We are soundboarded properly. Yeah. <laughs> Craig, the sound guy, like, treated he, us well for Christmas. He has nailed it. Yeah. Like, nailed Tara kept sending me all these pictures of, like, look what Keith bought you for Christmas. And I was like, damn. Thanks, Keith. <laughs> Amazing. We even have sounds on our soundboard. We do? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Craig, do you want to treat us to a sound on our soundboard? What do we got? <sighs> that's my internal monologue at all times. I love it. We're going we're gonna to download. Or like, I'm going to get the pew, 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 pew. <laughs> so we can celebrate. Sounds good. Is that exciting? Um, let's talk about the inauguration. 
Yeah. Because it was the highlight of my week. Same. How did you, did you, were you, you were working. I was working, but I was watching it in between patients. Um, so I got to see um, Lady Gaga absolutely killed it. Beautiful. Oh my God. Amazing. I love her so much. Amazing. Um, so I saw her and I saw J-Lo and then I saw um, Harrison Biden get sworn in. But mm-hmm. I missed the poem and I missed Garth Brooks. Mm-hmm. Did you get a sad. chance to go back and watch the poem at, at all? With Amanda, it's Amanda I haven't. Borman. I haven't watched it all, um, but I have read it. It's amazing. I ha- I've read it multiple times. I have chills. She's so amazing. I mean, first of all, queen. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. There's just gorgeous, stunning. Yeah. Uh, an amazing, like, you you look at her and you're like, she's an amazing human being. Yeah. And she's, she just has that aura about her. She And she's 22 freaking years old. Right. I wasn't doing that at 22. No. At all. I mean, I was probably graduating from college at that point, right? Yeah, something like that. But I wasn't putting together words like she does. It. yeah she's amazing she's amazing Amazing. and spoiler alert we'll be getting more into um her story and um her her poem and all that on our next episode with our very special guest yes we're gonna have a special guest and um we're gonna talk about the poem more and I'm just you know when I when I watched her and I I had chills and I watched her present herself the way she did and just the light coming from her Mm -hmm. amazing and I thought I thought okay we're gonna be okay yeah I thought we've got a lot of really hard work to do yeah to try to get this country where we want it to be Mm -hmm. you know we've got a really hard a lot of hard work to do while my dog chews on her bone (laughs) But we have more human beings like her. Yeah. And I think that we're going to be okay. Yeah. Because of folks like her. Yeah. And then did you immediately go follow her on Instagram? Absolutely. It's adorable. Yes. She's so cute. Yes. Yeah. She has like her mom and all her stories. I love it. Yeah. She's the best. I love it. She's amazing. Um, Okay. So why are people listening today? Do we want to kind of talk with everybody why they're here and what we're going to talk about what the episode is sure okay the episode is another installment of our first episode that we did with community resistance and acceptance Mm -hmm. and this is acceptance part one Mm. do you like that i do okay um i thought we could continue talking about acceptance um in general but also in in the vein of our podcast, um, talking specifically about the acceptance of our autistic loved ones. And mm-hmm. that's at a personal level, like a, a community level, and then a global level. Um, and research does show that acceptance of uh, autism or the autism diagnosis is key to healthy outcomes for the autistic di- individual. Mm-hmm. Um, so for example, when we talked to Matt, mm-hmm. I actually was, I th- that's when I found the research because it, 
it talked about how men specifically fathers or father figures, father caregivers kind of thing. They specifically can struggle with acceptance and they also report that the more they accept um, their autistic loved one, the more that they feel connected to them, the more that they feel, you know, better about their relationship and the healthier the outcome for their autistic loved one, which is ultimately what, you know, we're striving for there. Right. So acceptance is, is key in that. Um, and we've talked before, we talked in the last episode a little bit about what gets in the way of that acceptance. And we named a couple of things, um, fear and grief. And then in the last episode, we really kind of broke down the idea of grief. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so I thought we could do a couple of news stories today. And I thought that that would help us kind of continue this discussion of acceptance. And then what are some of the things that get in the way of acceptance? Yeah. So the first news story um, is there's two of them and I'll go with the first one. Um, unfortunately, tragically, we had another episode of police brutality against an autistic teen and it was cops killed autistic teen by sitting on him chokehold. Yeah. I mean, this is, um, trigger warning. This is a pretty intense, um, article to discuss. So just want to let people know that, that we're going to be, um, talking about that, but then also kind of how this impacts the autism community, not only autistic individuals, because they're the ones who obviously are the most impacted by this story, but then also the people who care for them. Mm -hmm. Um, So this happened in New Orleans, Louisiana. And what happened was back uh, a year ago, actually, in January 2020, um, Unfortunately, there was a young man who, um, his name is Eric and Eric, um, unfortunately was suffocated in the shopping center parking lot, uh, in suburban Metairie on January 19th, 2020. So just a little over a year ago. And do you want to tell people like what article you're reading? Yeah, I am at actually ABC news and, um, we can put a link to the article. Um, And this is from the Associated Press um, through ABC News. So, unfortunately, Eric um, died because of this um, police brutality. And his parents have... The reason the story is coming up now is because his parents have just kind of filed um, the lawsuit Mm. um, against the police to say that, you know, um, like a wrongful death lawsuit. Mm Um, so then what happened is, um, Donna and her husband, Darren, they filed this lawsuit and they state that they feel it included excessive force and violations of the Americans with Disability Act. Because he was already handcuffed. Yes. And what we know about Eric is that he was 16 years old, severely autistic. He was overweight 
And what happened was they sat on him and shackled him and put him in a chokehold. And I feel for nine minutes. Yep. And I feel like that is just, um, that's a lot, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, I guess one of the reasons I picked this um, story is because it was timely, but it also, I think, contributes to the fear that we experience when we're taking care of our autistic loved ones, mm-hmm. um, you know, specifically when I'm taking care of Finn. Um, you know, I'm very concerned because at some point he's not going to be a cute nine-year-old anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I get worried thinking about when he's taller, when he's bigger, when he's older. Um, you know, like he had, I was going to say, he had a meltdown yesterday. It was yesterday, right? And it was literally him because he was so tired and he didn't want to be, like the normal things to help calm him down weren't working. Like mm-hmm. he didn't want squeezes he didn't want his favorite food. He didn't want a favorite toy. Like we couldn't really figure out what was going to be soothing for him, you mm-hmm. know, to try to help him calm down just a little bit. And at nine years old in his cute little form that he is, that's controllable. Like we can help him keep him safe, you know, make sure that he isn't hurting himself, isn't hurting other people. And also Finn is not the kid to necessarily do that either. Mm-hmm. So I think we have a pretty calm situation with him to begin with. Mm-hmm. But I do think about what's go- what's it going to look like when he's 17 and has a meltdown. Right. You know, um, and you, we've talked about this before previously, you know, about having to call the police mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Well, particularly um, like in this instance, I'm reading the article now, um, but it talks about how he they originally called the police um, because he had attacked his father. Um, the actually they were playing laser tag, and the it says the manager of the laser tag place called in like a a security guard who was like a reserve deputy because he was attacking attacking his himself and his father, um, which I'm covered in scars from Owen Mm -hmm. Um, because when he's in a meltdown, when he's in that fight or flight, he fights Mm -hmm. and I mean, it it happens. Um, You know, it also talks about how he had, um, you know, he he would could be violent um, and he had, um, you know, Owen has mental illness Mm -hmm. as well as autism Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's a big fear of mine is that, like, this could be Owen. 100%. And I'm sure there's a lot of folks who are listening and who are in our community. I mean, I see some stories like this multiple times when we're, you know, on Facebook in our groups for parents to autistic loved ones. I mean... This isn't this isn't something unusual. Right. Right. Like this is this is happening. Not fortunately, um, not someone getting killed. But this this is happening all the time where 
folks are, the families are out in the community, their autistic loved one, something happens, you know, like anybody. Police are called and police aren't trained. Exactly. To deal with mental health crises or, right, you know, these kind of instances. And I don't, I mean, it's not their fault that they're not trained in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're police. They're supposed to stop bank robbers, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's really, it's really concerning. And honestly, like this keeps me up at night. Mm-hmm. The other part that I wanted to point out is that my understanding is that this young man was also nonverbal. Okay. Um, to some degree. Now, um, I was reading this, actually, this story got posted in one of the women's groups that I follow on Facebook. Okay. And that is where a lot of women who either don't have children or um, don't have children who are disabled are kind of hanging out. And they were talking about this particular story. And they were saying, how do we know the parents weren't lying about him being nonverbal? I needed to address that for a minute. Um, Finn is nonverbal. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so what I want everybody to understand who's listening, who doesn't live our life, you know, who, who isn't a loved or isn't a caregiver to an autistic loved one. Nonverbal is like kind of like a spectrum, mm-hmm. you know, like the actual autism diagnosis is you have multiple degrees, levels, differences in a, a child being labeled nonverbal. Mm-hmm. Nonverbal doesn't mean no sounds. Exactly. Yeah. And so I guess I, I guess I I want to say this because I want people to understand who aren't who don't live this life every day that when someone says they're nonverbal, like it can look like a bunch of different things. Yeah. So Finn uses a speech device to communicate but he also uses gestures he points he makes um noises with his throat Mm -hmm. that we know like what he's talking about um I I guess I just I got kind of like upset about that Mm -hmm. and I just want to make it clear nonverbal can mean a lot of different things to lots of different autistic people it looks different for everybody Mm -hmm. Um, so to question whether or not the parents would make that up, um, I think is really not okay. Yeah. Gross. Is gross. That's you're looking for? Yeah. Not okay. Gross. That kind of thing. Um, so the, the coroner had ruled the death accidental, but, um, the family is fighting back on that. Mm-hmm. And I really, I think they should. Yeah. I absolutely think they should. Um, and it was not okay because also in the article it says that he was held there for nine minutes and six seconds. Very much reminded me of Mr. Floyd. Yeah. Right? There were seven deputies. And that there were several clear and distinct opportunities where the where Eric was calm and not actively resisting. And they could have, at that point, reduced the force. Mm-hmm. And it didn't happen. So, yeah, so this story is difficult to read and it's difficult to think about. And it's also um, full of a lot of fear and a lot of grief. And I think it is um, 
some of the part that gets in the way of our acceptance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that it's not something that's not, and it's not unusual. You experience this with Owen. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of um, people in our community who experience this kind of fear and that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it's pretty hard to um, read something like this. And it's another reason why we need, we need a, I think we need a whole reimagination when it comes to community, uh, like authorities in the community, especially the police, interacting with our disabled loved ones. Mm-hmm. I think we need to reimagine the whole, the whole thing. Yeah. So, what's your story? Um, <laughs> my story, you know, or do you have any more thoughts about, I, I just, the one we just covered, I'm just kind of struggling because it's just so easy to see this happening. Um, you know, I worry about when Owen is on his own mm-hmm. if he's ever on his own mm-hmm. and, and I'm not able to be there to intervene mm-hmm. to explain you know because Owen seems quote unquote higher functioning than he actually is um, and thank God like he's been stable for a long time he you know his meltdowns are not as severe as they used to be but the nature of mental illness especially accompanied with a developmental disorder like autism is you never know what the next day will bring. Um, So it's just a bummer all around. The unknown. Yeah. The unknown also gets in the way of being able to accept. Yeah. What's happening. Yeah. And you just want to, I mean, it's normal to want to just protect your child anyway, but um, you know, when I hear things like this, I just want to, like never let him leave the house again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, we've call, I've talked about this before. We've called the police because he was attacking us, mm-hmm. and we don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. We just take it mm-hmm. um, because it's too scary and that's sad. And it, I don't want it to seem like like I understand. Police are doing the best with what they have. You know, like I, I said, there's not, they're not trained in this necessarily. Um, so I, I do, I don't know. <laughs> it's well, a big bummer. Well, I think it's stories like this that explain the personal difficulties with acceptance. Mm-hmm. And then also the community difficulties with acceptance. Yeah. You know, we're on, we're on high alert yeah. for our disabled children. Mm-hmm. Um, because we never want something like this to happen to them. Right. Um, and we know, we know that as kids get older, they are less accepted in the community. Right. We, we were firsthand witness to this, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, so like I'd said before, Finn's not going to be cute in nine forever. Right. Um, and there's, and that's already actually kind of starting to happen a little bit. Like when we go to the playground, when we go into different spaces, like it occurs to me, he has so much fun Mm -hmm. 
And then I read the sign like this playground is intended for children from age five to 12. Mm. And I'm like, you know what? At, at 13, 14, he's still going to want to go to the playground. Yeah. You know? And am I going to have to deny him that? Right. Is that kind of what we're looking at? I, I, I don't know. I, I think we, that's, we need a reimagining for our disabled loved ones with um, community authorities, with the police, an entire reimagining, if not an entire um, breakup with the police. You know, something completely different. And reimagining. Reimagined help in the community altogether. Um, And then we need reimagined spaces in our community for our adult disabled loved ones. Yeah. um, Or our teenage disabled loved ones. I mean, it just, these things need to be, Mm -hmm. you know? So. Yeah. Um, Well, I got some more bad news for you. Well, we'll solve that in the next, like we'll solve that by the end of this year in our other episodes. Ugh, you really? Yeah, sure. I'm not? tired. We're it make, makes me tired we're to think gonna about. make it happen. The other news story we have. Yeah, it turns out there's not a lot of good news in the world when mm-hmm. it comes to autism. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, no, I did not find this. You found me a link to talk about. I did. <laughs> I found this for you. Um, and this is from June 11th of 2020. This is from the website spectrumnews.org. Uh, it's by a, a man named Brendan Borrell. Borrell? barrel sure i'm not sure brendan if you're listening hi um you're not listening the title is study finds little evidence to back cord blood therapy for autism so this is an article about a group of folks from duke university in north carolina um they were studying if an infusion of umbilical cord blood would improve social skills in autistic children Spoiler alert, it does not. Hmm. Dun, dun, dun. Um, independent experts say the findings are unfortunate, but not unexpected. But despite all of this, they are going to keep on with this study. Keep on keeping on. They're going to keep on keeping on. So this study, they took 180 autistic kids, two to seven they gave a placebo infusion of cord blood, or no, they gave a, a, an infusion of cord blood or a placebo. Mm-hmm. Um, the researchers, the caregivers, no one knew who got which. So we call that a double blind study. Yes, we do. Uh, we had them come back in six months. At that point, there were no, no difference, mm-hmm. um, no significant difference between the two groups. Um, so despite this, they are, uh, they're going to move ahead with a study using cells derived from the umbilical cords, building on the observation that the treatment may have improved social behavior among the participants with the highest intellectual abilities. Um, so the, the thought behind this um, new study that they're going to do Um, It says umbilical cord blood contains a wide variety of cells, including immune cells known as monocytes and blood producing stem cells involved in proven therapies for blood cancers. The researchers theorized that molecules released by the monocytes quell brain inflammation. Some studies show 
that inflammation in the womb can shape brain development and may boost the odds of autism. Mm -hmm. How tragic. Some researchers have proposed that an overactive immune response might ease autism traits in some children. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then it, it goes on to say, in response to rising demand from parents for unproven stem cell therapies, Kurtzberg, who was a cord blood pioneer, launched the trial along with the director of the Duke University Center for Autism and Brain Development. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's the thing. <laughs> um, why? Listen, go science. <laughs> Do your thing. Chicken go wing. <laughs> right. Um, why is this what we're focusing on? It's a really good question. Why are parents demanding stem cell therapies that don't work? Mm-hmm. For, first of all, my question to these people that are demanding this is what is your goal? Mm-hmm. Is your goal for your child to be typical, quote unquote? Mm-hmm. Is your goal to, quote unquote, cure your autistic child, because that's the bad news for you, sis. There's no cure for autism. There's no need for a cure for autism. Your child doesn't need a cure. You need acceptance. Harsh truth. And I think in in general, you know, pulling back to a 50,000-foot view, when we consider disability, we tend to individualize and we tend to label wrong and broken. Mm-hmm. And I think we need an entire reimagining and an entire shift of community. We need to think in terms of community and we need to think in terms of wholeness and we need to think in terms of how do we as a community come together for this individual who just wants humanity extended to them? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want to, it sounds like I am. I don't want to shame people that are, you know, looking for that quote unquote cure. They're, just as there's an autism, except, you know, an autism spectrum, there's also a spectrum of acceptance. And there's kind of this, you know, you talked last time about the, um, the stages of grief and how it's incorrect. But mm-hmm. I feel like there's also like a stage of autism diagnosis. Mm-hmm. At first you're like, this is unbelievable. What do I do? This is so overwhelming. And then you kind of go into the, I'm going to fix this stage because that's what you know I think especially like my husband was like okay what can we do to fix this and that's when you start looking at the diets and the essential oils and the you know plexus pink drink or whatever the hell girl somebody messaged me Mm -hmm. the day after I announced Finn's autism diagnosis on Facebook they were like hey 
here's this pink drink. Yeah. And I I went off. Yeah. I went off. I get stuff all the time. All the time. Don't guys don't do that. Don't be that person. Um you know, so you're like, okay, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to cure him or I'm going to make this go away, you know. And that's not a thing. You can I mean, there are things you can do that will ease some of the symptoms maybe. Um yeah, I'm not I'm not saying don't work to give your loved one everything they need to be the best versions of themselves. Check your mindset. Yeah. Check your mindset going into something. Like if you are Are you doing this for yourself or for your loved one? Right. Are you thinking like, okay, I'm going to do this and everything's going to get better? Right. You know, they're going to be normal. Right. They're going to be normal. And that's, I mean, honestly, that's how I started out yeah. as a parent. Well, that's how autism research started out. Exactly. The goal was to make them typical. indistinguishable from their typical peers. Right. Typical. Research has evolved. Treatment has evolved. We're just a little bit behind. In 20, Finn got his diagnosis in 2014. Later that year in 2014. So this was just seven years ago. I was sat in a room and said, he goes through ABA therapy. He has a 30% chance of being indistinguishable from his typical peers. Mm. Now you have just given a parent a diagnosis that they don't really understand what it means. And you're given a diagnosis in such a way that it's like a doomsday. Exactly. There is no positive spin. No. It is very bad news when you're given it right it is we were told at great risk for mental retardation yeah like what am I supposed to do with that because we know the world is not kind to folks who are different right right so this is why I'm I'm landing on we need an entire reimagining of how we're thinking about this research what we're spending our research dollars on how it contributes to the narrative of acceptance that we talk about in our community. Right. What if all the studies that, you know, how about instead of spending another 50 million on another cord blood study? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or test that shows that vaccines do not cause autism. What if instead we spent that $50 million on parent training or, you know, different programs to actually enrich the lives of autistic people and their families. Or spaces in the community where all families are included and welcomed. Right. Why can't there be an adult playground? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and again, going back to what I was talking about, like that kind of cycle, like you do eventually come around to acceptance, or I hope you do, because it's a nice place to be. Mm-hmm. You know, when you finally... You know, people say all the time, like, oh, my gosh, Owen is, is so different. He's you guys have worked, you know, he's wh- whatever. The more typical he is, the more people are proud of him or like him or whatever. Um, but here's the thing. I don't care <laughs> how, you know, if that's what you're proud of him for, then whatever. You don't need to talk to me. Um, but where Owen it seems like Owen has made the most progress is because Matt and I have changed our parenting, our approach, 
We've changed our opinions, our minds. We have changed everything about how we function as a family to make Owen more successful. That's why he's gotten as far as he has and because he's worked really freaking hard. You know, he's gone to um, speech and OT and all these things not to change him, but to help him, you know, be his autistic self, but to just, you know, enhance that personality that he already has. Mm -hmm. We don't want to change him. We want to make life easier for him. Mm -hmm. And how we do that is to make the world kinder Mm -hmm. to people like him. Right. Yeah. I I don't mourn that my child has autism. I mourn that he lives in a world that hates him for his autism. That is struggling with, at the global level, struggling with accepting him as he is. Struggling with giving him what he needs in the community to be successful. Right. Struggling with not putting a bunch of hoops and bureaucracy and red tape in front of his caregivers to get him what he needs to be successful. Right. Yeah. And as difficult as it is to get services and acceptance and resources for autism, it's a hundred percent harder to get it for mental illness. Yep. Because when he got an autism diagnosis, it opened up so many doors for us. So when he's having a meltdown in public or, you know, I need to explain something, I say he's autistic. I don't say he's autistic and has a mental illness because I feel like now people are like, oh, autism. It rings some kind of bell, some kind of empathy bell. Empathy bells. Ooh, I love that. Yeah. How do we ring your empathy bell? Ring my bell. Empathy bell. <laughs> um, Craig's <you> <laughs> shaking his head at that one. You didn't like that one? No. Dang, he said to no. go back to, back to the drawing board. That's why we need a reimagining of, at a global level, how we accept our disabled and our autistic loved ones. How we as a people do that because we need to ring a lot more empathy bells. Yeah. Stories like this. Stories where we're talking about looking for a cure for autism. Mm -hmm. Stories about police brutality against an autistic teenager. Doesn't ring a lot of empathy bells. No. We need, we need more of this is what's good and this is what's right. And we need more justice for our disabled loved ones for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So now we just have to reimagine it and figure out how we get it. That's not and a big that's deal. where you come in. <laughs> that's not a big deal. Send us an email with all your best ideas. Yes, that's right. How do we help? You know what? Um, I guess we just talk to people. We just keep talking to people about this, right? Like you and I didn't get to this place overnight. No, even when we started this podcast, we had a completely different mindset. I think, yeah, we were in a much different place. Yeah. You know, my goals for my son have changed. Mm -hmm. My goals for our family has changed. Mm -hmm. My outlook on life has changed. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. <laughs> the way you clean your house has changed. It, yeah, it has. It Jesus has. water. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out water to bleach and tide. Water bleach tide. Oh my gosh. Side note. <laughs> Have you seen the folding lady? Oh God, no. <laughs> oh my gosh. The folding lady. I can't keep up with you. She's on um, TikTok. 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 I don't have TikTok, but TikTok. she's on there. She Sorry, I forgot what it was called for a second. Uh, she's on there, but she's also on Instagram. It's mm-hmm. the folding lady, and she shows you all these crazy ways to fold stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, show me everything. It is ASMR for your eyeballs. It's amazing. I girl, I, she folds her fitted sheets and then puts everything in a pillowcase. Will you? Will you? Whoops, explain? Sorry, I got so excited, I almost knocked my mic over. Will you explain to me what is AMSR? ASMR. ASMR. Uh, hold on. What does this stand for? Okay. It's like um, I like know noises like, that yes. are really satisfying. Oh, okay. Or it could be okay. um, or it could be visual. I guess it's auto autonomous sensory meridian response, according to Google. That sounds very um scientific. Yeah. Um, uh, so Owen loves to watch ASMR videos on YouTube and it'll be like people cutting soap. They'll uh, use like a pocket knife and like just cut off sections of soap. That does it for him. Yeah. Or he also loves pe- watching people shred things. I guess that's like me watching, um, the taste made channel, like watching struggle meals and. Oh, I love struggle meals. Yeah. And just like. And then the commercial breaks, they do these wonderful little quick making things, and that makes me happy. Or I guess like watching the British baking show. Yeah. That's legal. Xanax. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, the, the Folding Ladies page has been described as visual volume. <laughs> I love it. Which I'm excited about. <laughs> which we all need a little more of because we're still in a pandemic. Yeah, it's not going anywhere, it turns out. Mm-mm. But yeah, the folding lady on Instagram. Please find her. Makes we'll, it, we'll share one of her stories in our story. Makes it happier for you. Yeah, it's pretty great. So to wrap this all up, we've determined that we need a reimagining at our personal relationship, community relationship and global relationship of acceptance of our disabled and autistic loved ones. Yeah. And you know, here's the thing. These are our beliefs. These are things that we think, please don't come at me. I'm exhausted. I don't have the energy for it. If you and if you're I, not, I don't want to argue with you, if you disagree with what I say, that's fine. Look, it's like it's it's kind of like moving outward. Like when you and I were talking about how we were different, how we thought differently, our worldview was different mm-hmm. when we started the podcast just a couple of years ago. We want we would love for you if you're not in that kind of same worldview. If this doesn't make sense to you, that's okay. Yeah. We would love for you to come along this journey with us and learn with us. That's the only way that we moved forward, right? So the first level was like autism is terrible and it's a tragedy. Yeah. And then the next level was learning more about it, right? And then then it was actually listening to actually autistic people. Right. Yes. Listen, listen, listen to actually autistic people. Yeah. That as, will change your life. As much as you can. Because 
I'm not saying that's the be all end all, but I'm saying it will, it will help you shift how you think about things. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Big time. Yeah. And you know, we're figuring it out as we go along. Mm -hmm. Two years from now, Mm -hmm. our mindset will maybe be totally different than it is right now. Right. Exactly. And we'll look back on this and think, Ooh, the journey. I think the journey is about how do we extend humanity to all? How do we extend full humanity to our disabled and autistic loved ones? Mm -hmm. How do we do that? And if that's not something you're interested in, Mm -hmm. or if that's something that you think we don't need mm-hmm. or that they don't deserve mm-hmm. then uh get off my podcast <laughs> she she said this is this it. is the energy i'm taking in to 2021 <laughs> i've taken so many vitamins so many we've decided on the shirt the shirts we're gonna have um wholesome af yeah take no s only vitamins Matt's abs and Craig the sound guy. Yes. And it's going to be Craig the sound guy with just his headphones and a mustache and beard kind of thing. <laughs> so we decided. Can it be Matt's abs with just a mustache and beard? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just. No, because he can't the, grow a beard. The lines of Matt's abs <laughs> that are going to be. And they each have a different personality. The, yeah. Well, no, it'll be like, you know how everybody does Chuck Norris stuff. Yeah. So instead of Chuck Norris. Like Chuck Norris doesn't do push-ups. He pushes down the earth. Yes. So it's like Matt's abs doesn't do push-ups. They push down the earth. Yes. We're going to do it. We're going to do it yes. like that. Freddy Krueger is afraid of Matt's abs. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Ex- Matt's abs could have stopped the insurrection at the Capitol. <laughs> <laughs> Just needed to show up. <laughs> He's in a balking phase right now. So we'll have to wait a couple months until he's. I don't know what that is. So balking is when you like eat more to like balk up your weight and then you go through shred shred is or no cut it's balking and cutting. So cutting is when you like eat less calories and work out more in your muscle show. I don't know. He's grouchy when he's in cutting. He sounds really committed. Like he's not, he's like on a different level. Have you seen the spreadsheet? Have you seen it? No, there's a spreadsheet. There's a spreadsheet. Oh my God. With all his macros in it. And when his weight changes, his macros change. Mm-hmm. And the first thing he says anytime he eats something different is, I need to put this in my spreadsheet. Hold on real quick. Like, he will let his food get cold so he can put it in the spreadsheet wow. before he eats it. <laughs> okay. Matt, I admire the dedication. I, I was going to say, you go, Matt. Yeah. And he'll be a black belt soon. Oh. In like six months or Uh-oh. something. That's so awesome. I know my little man's growing up. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Are we almost done? I think so. Is anyone still listening? I hope so. Okay. All right. Well, I think we're done. Um, Join us next time for a very special guest. It's going to be a really good episode. I think, yeah, it'll be, we'll have lots of fun in the next episode. Yeah. It'll be less heavy, maybe. Yeah. We'll try to have less bad news. Yeah. Less bad news for sure. But the bad news is helpful to help us think again about. Yeah. Bad news helps you grow. Yeah. How we can grow and how we can move towards acceptance. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I think we're going to be all done. 
And as always, wait, I have one more thing. Oh, gosh. I forgot to talk to you about this. Okay. This is my idea for an invention. It's not an invention, really. But don't you think that it would be awesome if you went to like a workout class and your fitness instructor was also a therapist? So they could be like 10 push ups. Your trauma is not your fault. Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. I'm just thinking of career opportunities for you. <laughs> for me? For anyone. Oh, okay. Because I'm the therapist? Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, I'd have to actually do workout stuff and get in shape. I mean, do you? First. You have a mic now. You can do whatever you want. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. And it's a fabulous mic. It really is. All right. All right. Let's be done. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us here again today. And as always, here is to the complexities in our journeys, the highs and lows, the joys and sorrows. And may those who observe us do so with compassion, especially for our amazing kiddos. And accept. 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 Accept, accept, damn you. Accept us. Accept our kids. Craig's going to have to bleep me again. I guess. All right. We're all done. Bye. Bye. Bye.